Have you checked out the Somebody You Love Patreon yet? For just $3 a month, you can get every episode without ads and you get them a day early. For $6 a month, you get all of our bloopers and behind-the-scenes action. For $10 a month, you get monthly bonus episodes. And for $20 a month, you also get the bonus episodes as videos. You can cancel anytime, and when you sign up, you get access to everything that we've posted so far. We also have annual subscriptions where you save 10% and get one month free. Patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod, as in podcast. You do have to type in the URL because Patreon hides 18 plus creators from the search, so you most likely won't be able to find us by searching. That's patreon.com slash somebodyyoupod. Welcome to Somebody You Love, or the sale of two titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording this show. Right now, we're both lucky to be sat on the beautiful, albeit wet, land of the Ngunnawal people, who held a skillful custodianship of and close cooperation with the land for at least 20,000 years before European settlement. Just a reminder that Jenna and I can only speak from our own experience and that we are not representative of the sex industry as a whole, which is massive and very diverse. Please note that we are responding to a listener question this week and there are almost immediate references to childhood abuse and suicide. So please switch off the episode now if that may be difficult for you to hear. So we're switching things up a little bit this week and we are starting with our question of the week because it was kind of the catalyst for a larger topic that we thought we would turn into a whole episode. So the question is, again, it talks about some hectic shit. So turn off if you're not keen on that right now. I have been single for 15 years as I'm overweight and I'm very shy and due to childhood sexual trauma, find it very difficult to make the first move with a lady. I have so much respect for women and have never cheated on a partner. I have always questioned not why a sex worker will have appointments with married men, but why they are seeking it. I'm not being naive, but I have seen female and male married friends commit suicide due to cheating. And I have no respect for any male or female that cheats unless they have slid up or are in an open relationship. Just wondering what your thoughts are on this. So let's unpack some of that. First up, I'm going to say you've not been single because you're overweight. Yeah, I mean, that's... I'm just going to say that. Yeah. That If that were the case, then I wouldn't have 40,000 partners. Yeah. So that's not... Let's just take that right off the table. Yeah. But I think it's like as I am overweight and I am very shy. So I suppose that the inference is you have very yeah. low body confidence. Sure. Confidence, sorry. You have very, yeah, low body confidence. We get that. Sure. But also, yeah, just, just remember that, yeah, that's not why you're single. That might affect your ability to be confident. That's a different issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, I want to raise a lot of issues with the, with mm-hmm. the question as a whole. Um, but I want to do it in a systematic way. We have a little bit of a, a, a structure here for, for I suppose, what, how we're going to uh, look at this question. So... Starting with, I don't want to upset the asker of this question, and I, I feel like there are a lot of discussion. A lot of there is a lot of discussion that we're going to have around this, which might be upsetting to the person. Um, but we're not attacking you. We're not criticizing you for asking. And if you don't ask these questions and, and look for the discussions, mm. then you never know. And so yeah. that's what we're here for. We're open to the discussion, and we're we're here to talk about it. But 
we fundamentally disagree with a lot of what's being discussed here, but then we also have, yeah, a lot of opinions we want to share on it. And we appreciate you bringing this to us. And, and if you're listening, please don't see any of our disagreement with you as, as a personal mm. attack or a, a criticism of your views. It's just, um, we're just responding. So yeah. My first thing is I feel like there's a massive amount of, well, firstly, I'm really sorry that that you've had friends that you've lost um, to suicide. So it's a really horrible thing. And I think we all know someone who's been affected by mental yeah. health issues and um, and and by suicide um, in one way or another. There's been there's been impact people we know in our lives, and um, and that's awful. But, but yeah, anyway, uh, that's I had to get that sort of sort of said. The second thing is uh, it is it just feels like a really naive question to me or a naive perspective. And the reason I feel it's really naive is is to sort of say, and I say you say you're not being naive, but. I feel like you are because you say you have no respect for any male or female that cheats. And I get that. I get like in life we say, well, I don't like people that do this or I don't agree with this ethically. And you can, you can stand by those views, but I also think there's a lot of gray areas. And I think you're, there's a lot of black and white thinking that I can see in that question. And a lot of an idea that there is monogamy and faithfulness. And, and, and then there is, there is cheating. And, and I think you're, you're missing out on a whole lot of circumstances in which I'm not saying cheating is okay, but it might not be that simple. I was someone who I always thought I would never cheat on anyone. I would never betray my partner. And and I that's why I think it's naive because I think until you've been in that situation, you do. And I think it's the same with many quote unquote unethical things. They're all unethical in your mind until you're in a position where you feel like it's not. Yeah. That's how 100%. ethics works. Yeah. And I think it's very easy to see it as, as being concrete until you're in the position where it's not concrete. So I, I'm not criticizing you for feeling that, you know, that, that strong, way about it and maybe you're right maybe you will never see it any other way but I think there are a lot of circumstances in life where it's not so simple it's not cheating and not cheating there are there are little bits of um, affirmation you get from someone you know I've heard people say that you know if their partner had a work wife at, at work if they go to the office and they have someone that they get on really well with and they laugh with and it's not sexual and it's not flirtatious but it's a really close bond that that's cheating so there are a whole lot of elements to to what is cheating and then there are a lot of circumstances of unhappy relationships where I suppose somebody's technically cheating but they can't leave or there are you know relationships that are falling apart and people want to explore something they want to feel some passion again but they don't know how to bring it up and and again I'm not condoning any one thing or another but I guess I'm saying and I really just want to make it clear that there's so much gray area and it's very easy to say I don't like that sort of person if you don't know what they've been through and you haven't walked in their shoes I don't really know if you can make those judgments and even the most black and white situations where you think it's really clear there's often so much nuance. So yeah, I definitely am not trying to hook explain to you <laughs> cheating, but I think, you know, you're an adult and you can make your decisions on, on your ethics and your values. But I also think it's really important today that we discuss that um, the cheating is not as simple as a lot of people think it is. And I would also suggest that along with our whole somebody you love thing, like I think this idea of I have no respect for any female or male that cheats I would argue you probably have a lot of respect for a whole bunch of men and women and non-binary individuals who have cheated yeah. because I guarantee you they're, I mean, they're fucking everywhere. Yeah. Like that's yeah. my, you yeah. know, so and, a lot of the time you just don't know. Yeah. And cheating isn't always, I have a secret mistress that I take and I bang mm. in a seedy motel up the road and I laugh about it and I go back to my wife and pretend nothing happened. There are so many instances of fleeting moments of romance and locking eyes with someone and a building over years. Of, you know, there is so many degrees of it that, yeah, even if you, you're not, you know, you say, oh, you don't respect people who, who are cheating. Cheating is not always just 
they fucked each other. There is so many elements of betrayal in a relationship um, and that you probably respect a whole lot of people that you don't even realize are betraying their partners right in front of you. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For me, my takeaway, like as soon as I read this question, and I don't want to say this in a disrespectful way, but I went, oh, okay, this person's never been in a serious long-term relationship. Like that was genuinely my, my first reaction because it really sounds to me like this person has really idealized and put on a pedestal the idea of a relationship and in particular women and the idea of a relationship with a woman. Mm -hmm. And it almost has these like beginnings of incelly vibes to me I feel where it's very, well, I would never do that. And these people are so lucky to have a woman, a female as, and I mean, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to be, be rude, but referring to men and women as male and female does bring with it some, some incelly kind of vibes and it's not, Uh, you know, for a lot of us, it feels a bit icky, but I think that it it just sort of feels like this. Maybe it, it sounds to me like there's a jealousy of these people who have relationships and you feel like, well, if I was in that situation, I would never do that. And, and as Holly said, uh, if, if you've not been in that situation, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to judge. I also just wanted to comment that They've written, I have no respect for any male or female that cheats unless they have split up or are in an open relationship. And I just want to say, yeah, that's not cheating. Yeah. If yeah. you've split up, then there's nothing to cheat on. Um, and if you're in an open relationship, then you, I mean, not sorry, cheating can occur in open relationships. Sure. But but what's being described here is is sort of not that. So I think we've uh, destroyed the, the question enough. So first up, Holly, what do you think is seeing a sex worker when you were in a, you know, monogamous relationship and you were visiting a sex worker and your monogamous partner does not know that that's what you were doing. Is that cheating? So many conditions. I think absolutely it's cheating. I think there's been times in my life where I would have liked to convince myself that it wasn't to make myself feel a little bit ethically absolved of any um, conflict in my own mind, any cognitive dissonance that, that I felt about it. But yeah, it's cheating. I think when you do anything that your partner doesn't know about and doesn't approve of and, and you're deceiving them in any way, I feel like that that's cheating and that's betrayal. I used to use the, the idea in my head that, well, when money's involved, that makes it different. Or when it's, you know, that doesn't... It, like it's not a magical, it's a magical wand, a $50 note somehow like changes the dynamics of relationship. Yeah. I think when you, when you lie to your partner, that's, that's betrayal and that's cheating. And for the people listening who are starting to feel a little bit guilty, I'm not admonishing you and I'm not judging you. I'm just saying by definition, I think that is cheating. What do you reckon? A hundred percent agree. I'm not making a judgment on cheating, but I am saying that I think that that is absolutely cheating. And I think Mm. it's interesting because I have heard other people, I've heard clients and I've heard sex workers, not very many. I think they're probably in the minority, could be wrong, but I've heard people who say that they don't think it is cheating when it's with a sex worker. And I, my, my response to that is, well, maybe see what their partner thinks about that. Because I think if you put yourself in the partner's position, I reckon they would consider it cheating. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I'm the same. Any, yeah. any, any, you know, betrayal of whatever the agreement is, and that's where I say that you can absolutely cheat on an open relationship. You can cheat in a polyamorous relationship. Whatever the situation, it's all about whatever the agreement of anybody that's involved is. And when you break that agreement, that's when there's cheating. So, do you feel any guilt or responsibility about the fact that your clients cheat? I don't. I really don't. I don't think it's got anything to do with me. And I know that there are people who, who do. I know there are sex workers out there who feel quite conflicted about it. 
but I, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's no different to me. If I see somebody who's single and some, or somebody who's cheating or somebody who has a partner and isn't cheating, whatever it is, I don't, it's got nothing to do with me. Like that's a personal life thing mm. and they're a client. Like that's yep. just, and I like, I, I would love to sit here and say that I do feel conflicted by it. Like I'd love to be like, oh yes, I struggle with it because the sanctity of relationship, whatever the fuck, but I just genuinely don't. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't bother me. And I don't know if that makes me a bad person or whatever, but I just don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you? Do you? Yeah. No, not at all. I, um, I don't think I've ever felt guilt. I felt like, like I have to justify the, um, the job that I do or, or not to justify the job I do, but justify the fact that I may be doing an unethical thing. I feel like you always want to feel like you're not a bad person or that you're doing hmm. something worthy. And and so I felt like in my mind, I have to combat that a little bit. That was only for a limited time. I think that I ever felt that <laughs> way. And then I think it's, it's just not my responsibility for what other people do. I am responsible for myself and my actions and I do my best to be a decent human. And I just hope that I am. But in terms of clients and the decisions they make as adults in their relationships that's not up to me I don't have a screening process that says tell me if you're married how long you've been married what the dynamic is like and Mm. I'll decide if I feel like it's okay for me Mm. to see you it's not my place you know my my screening and the questions I ask clients is for my safety and and to ensure a decent booking it's not up to me to um, make ethical decisions on on what they're doing and I think it's the same of, of a lot of professions that you set a professional boundary about what information you acquire and and obviously there are legal responsibilities and other professions but generally you're not going to ask really personal things and make ethical decisions on your customer's life in a lot of occupations so I think it's the same thing I think yeah it's not my business and and you know it's not so black and white it's something that some clients wish to discuss with me and we have a Mm. chat about the the intimacies of their relationship and the reason that they do things or their feelings and that's great I love to be there and to chat with people about what they're going through but then there are also clients who I know I'm married and they don't want to tell me and they don't want to talk about it. And that's also okay. That's their business. It's what they're working through. And that's not got anything to do with me. I'm here to make a living. I'm doing my job. I'm, I'm not their babysitter, basically. I'm not their, I'm not their keeper. I'm not their parent. I don't have to tell no. them or judge no. them ethically. That's not. So I've got a question for you. Mm. An argument I've heard made a couple of times by swerfy types is okay sex workers you guys say you're all about consent how can you justify having sex with somebody who is cheating on a partner who is not consenting to that well i'm not having sex with the partner like it's 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 consent is about the two people involved in the act the physical act itself if it was about consent and everyone has to consent to every action every other adult is doing i wouldn't be a sex worker because my mother fucking hates me doing it Mm -hmm. so if if other people's consent factored into what two people do uh, in a sexual way then that would be a very complicated world yeah i think it's sad i think it's you know, and we'll discuss that, I'm sure, a little bit further at some points. So I think it's sad that, that people feel the need to cheat or that people are in relationships that they're unhappy or that they need to get sexual fulfillment elsewhere or that they feel they've been betrayed themselves and so they need to feel some passion and validation from other people. I mean, it's really shit that relationships are so complicated and that communication can be so hard. And that sucks. But yeah, it's not up to me to decide the inner feelings of of every other partner in a relationship before I I go ahead with a booking. Mm. And I'm quite comfortable with that. Yeah, Yeah. I think I really don't like that argument or that that question that gets posed. Well, I think it's I think it really undermines like, yeah, we are passionate about consent. And I think it really undermines what everybody who is who is really trying to 
broaden consent education in our society is trying to do because that's it once you start bringing other people into it I mean I get what they're saying if it if it came down to other people who have relationships with that person no one would ever have sex because everyone's parents would be uncomfortable with the idea right (laughs) exactly I just think yeah and and I think it does it waters down what we're trying to the information we're trying to spread about consent by by bringing other people into it who aren't like I think it's it's gross I'm not into it (laughs) so next question is how do we feel about our clients who we know are cheating on their partners like do we judge them do we have disdain for them etc no not really I I think as a whole I just feel sympathy I'm not stupid I know that I only hear one side to a story and I know there's a whole other side and that relationships are complex so it's not like people tell me their story and I sort of go oh no you poor thing your wife's so horrible too I'm not an idiot but I also sympathize that things are not as simple as the world would like them to be and um generally feel sympathy for them and for the partner I think it sucks I think it's it's really hard when you're in a relationship when things are struggling or yeah whatever it is that that makes this person need to go and see a um a sex worker but yeah no there's no judgment it's not my business I just generally feel like if you are an adult. You make your own decisions. I have in the past judged some people who are cheating because of the way they have spoken about uh-huh. their wives. Yep. I think there are people who have um, – and, and I think there's some idea in some people's minds when they when they see us that they feel like they have to sort of say, oh, my wife, she's – and really put her down. A lot of people don't. A lot of you know men and people are, are really uh, tactful. But I think some people feel like to justify their actions, they need to make their partner sound really awful or, or say some really horrible things. And, uh, and sometimes I just, the little red flags are going off in my head mm. and I'm going, this person is, you're sort of a dick yep. and like, no wonder your wife isn't interested in you or no wonder. And that's not a common thought. That's a very rare occasion, but there have been occasions where somebody is saying something where I think, man, you sound like a dick. No wonder she's sick of you. So I'm never judging my, my clients for, for cheating, but sometimes I judge the cheaters for the way that they say yeah. gross things. What's your vibe? Yeah. I can think of two clients that I have judged oh, and, wow. and it was exactly the same. For One that. of them I saw quite a few times and he had a wonderfully passionate, loving relationship with his wife. They were intimate all the time and he was just seeing so many sex workers and she didn't know. He was just so, I don't know. I really didn't like his attitude towards it and there was nothing you know like his relationship was wonderful and I thought well then have a talk to it like I just I I didn't love that and then the other one was somebody who was yeah it was really negative about their partner and to be clear god we've always got to put disclaimers on things (laughs) I've had I've had plenty of clients who have talked about difficulties in their relationships or said oh what do you think about this situation or blah and that's totally fine but this person was being I thought really cruel about their partner yes yeah and, and it was it was gross yeah I was not into it so there are two that I have judged and other than that yeah no I really don't I feel a lot of empathy for them same as you Holly like I'm aware that I only am hearing one person's side of the story but I also feel that is my job and everyone needs somebody who hears their side of the story and I think that that's like valid and it's not you know like it doesn't matter I don't need to hear the other side of the story because I'm not employed yeah. by the other person yeah you're not an adjudicator for this no their relationship no I'm not exactly <laughs> And so I do feel a lot of empathy and I think that we'll we'll go on to talk about this, but I think that a lot of people, you know, I've had plenty of men cry with me because they think that they are 
the most evil person in the world because they are cheating. And I know that a lot of people listening will be like, well, fuck them. They should feel that way. And cool, whatever. You can, you can think that. But when you're with someone and they're beating themselves up, it's hard to feel that way. I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like this episode, I'm going to come out and people are going to be like, you're like a cheater apologist. And I kind of am because I kind of think the world is a bit shit and things people have been set up to fail. And I just think, I think we could do with having a bit more empathy for people quote unquote failing at monogamy, I guess. So why do you think people cheat? Why do people particularly cheat with sex workers? Okay. So two questions. Oh yeah. Okay. So like it's difficult for me to speak on this because I'm polyamorous and I don't love the idea of monogamy and I I don't want to come across as, as bashing monogamy because I do think that it absolutely has a place. But my issue with monogamy is that like monogamy. Okay. So the whole point, right. Correct me if I'm wrong. The whole point is that you reserve all intimacy, whether it be emotional, sexual, physical mineral 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 that's a share song oh i don't know it okay (laughs) that you reserve all of that uh for one person and that's cool that works and they reserve it all for you everyone's happy the question that i don't think monogamy has an answer for is what happens when one of those people involved for whatever reason is not able to provide any or all of those things to the other person And I, from what I can tell, from what society seems to tell me, the answer to that question is you just fucking suck it up and deal with it. And I don't think that's a good enough answer because I think there's this idea that you just have to deal with it. You have to be selfless. You just have to, because this is your partner and you decided to be with them for the rest of your life. And I don't understand, like, I don't know, I might come across as really selfish, but I just don't think that that's... I don't think that's okay. I don't think it's okay for us just to say to people, okay, well, you never get to be touched by someone again. You never get to, like, uh, what? I don't know why that's seen as desirable and why it's seen as a really virtuous thing for somebody to just go, okay, well, then that's it. And I don't understand how monogamy has this thing of, you can only have sex with me, but then if the sex isn't happening, what? How? Like, what's the answer there? There is no sex. Yeah. What? you can only have sex with me, but I'm not going to have sex with you. So what's the fucking solution there? And, and to be clear, when I talk about sex, I'm not just talking about a penis in a vagina or a penis in a butthole or whatever the fuck. Like I'm talking about, you know, kissing and cuddling and this, and I'm sure you've had the same experience that I can't tell you how many clients tell me the exact same story. And I know I'm only hearing one side of the story, but it is always, they always go, it's not just about the sex. It's not, it's not that it's, I miss, I haven't held someone's hand in mm. years. I haven't kissed. When we sit on the couch, we sit on separate couches. We don't touch, you know, and we're best friends. Like we are best of friends and I adore her and she's the most amazing mother and I love her and I, uh, but they're not feeling loved. They're not feeling desired. And, uh, you know, you can shrug all you want at that and you can say, well, too bad. They don't deserve that. But I don't understand why you're like, you've only got one life. Like why not be not selfish, but I just think that it's completely writing that off and saying, Oh, well, yeah, it's really, I don't know. Harsh. I think communication is, is obviously a really big part of that. And I think the, one of the things that I see a lot is, um, 
and, and again, acknowledging that we only hear one side of the story and we hear a lot of the men's side of the story. Yes. And, and again, this is a very heteronormative uh, language I'm using here because it's mostly men that I hear this uh, sort of stuff from. So um, yeah. you know, mostly my male clients. So, yeah, often for one reason or another, the, the there is no intimacy. So, like you said, not necessarily sex, but there's intimacy lacking um, for so many reasons. And, and it's really hard because – I think men sometimes try to talk about it or they, they want to bring it up and they do their best, but it can come across as, as nagging for sex. And that's really uncomfortable. That's, I mean, there's nothing worse than being told to do something or begged to do something you don't want to do. There's nothing that's more of a turn off than having like, maybe, maybe I'm speaking from my own experience, but then having a partner going, Oh, please let's have sex. And you're, oh, oh God, that would be such a turn off. It's, it's really someone begging you to have sex. It's yeah. really, and, and it doesn't it have to be sent into question. It, it gets does. a bit murky and you do it just because you want them, yep. shut them up. And, and yeah. it's not, um, you know, it's not usually in that tone of voice and with those specific words, but that's the, the tone that you sort of feel sometimes mm. when you don't feel like it for whatever reason or you're not able to to come to the party in that way and and somebody's like, can we though? You know, it feels like that. It feels like, ugh, like, oh, okay, you're smothering me. And so it's really hard because then the man, you know, feels chastised for bringing it up and then she feels pestered mm-hmm. about it and so then he re- retreats and she retreats and it, it only compounds the issue and um there are obviously ways to work around this and i think you know going and seeing therapists makes a big difference and and particularly even maybe seeing relationship counselors and things like that and sex therapists and i think there's a lot of avenue to work on it but generally i think a lot of people just get really it's too much and they give up and they just want to keep the peace and uh and so they look look elsewhere and I just think it's really sad that even in what should be workable monogamous relationships, the communication mm. is such a difficult thing. And particularly around sex, we've been raised, a lot of generations have been raised to find sex a really awkward thing to talk about. Or that um, there are a lot of uh, patriarchal sort of views in relationships where, oh, even if the woman doesn't really feel like it, she's got to do it. And then, and then when she stops mm. doing it, she starts to feel... A pressure like there's that whole thing of men want sex more than women and so yeah. it becomes more of like a chore and that's not how we should be teaching no. society that sex no. works sex should be something we both do together that we get excited about and that we enjoy again sex not having to be p and v or scissoring or <laughs> it doesn't have to be it can yeah. be anything just being slow intimate kissing you know um, and another thing particularly as a woman is when when you're already feeling that way and all your partner wants is to be cuddled and kissed and held but your mind is going, he's expecting something from it. And I think a lot of guys do that without realizing they, they start a kissing and a bit of cuddling and they get horny. And so they think that it must follow on to something and mm. that it can't just be a kiss and a cuddle for a kiss and a cuddle's sake. And so then a woman starts to get really stressed out about it. And they start to perceive that every time he comes and puts his arms around her, he's vying for sex and that's all it is. And so then they start to reject even the smallest amounts of yeah, kiss I've and never cuddling. thought of that. Yeah. You're spot on. Oh, I've been Absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. There. And you feel like, Oh fuck, here we go. And so you're like, just don't touch me. Yeah. And uh, yep. because, and then that's even more starving for a guy yep. and for her because you want Absolutely. to feel loved and kissed that's... and touched. So these things um, descend really quickly. They spiral and it's a really common thing that, that happens, but it's so hard to fix because the communication mm. is really threatening for both people because it's, it feels horrible to feel rejected by your partner. Mm-hmm. If your partner doesn't want to touch you, it's crushing for a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. And for the woman, if you feel like your partner is pestering you for sex and that you're withholding it and you're like a cruel woman and you, mm. you know, you feel like you're not fulfilling a duty as a wife and all those sorts of things, <laughs> people feel this though. <laughs> it knocks you both down and you yeah. start to feel really shit. So yeah, I, I mean, that's why people cheat for a multitude of reasons 
friends, but because usually because communication goes awry and the person that's your best friend and that you want to keep the peace with, you don't want to hurt them. And the communication can be more frightening than just cruising along with the disaster that it is. I can't tell you how many men I have said, have you, have you spoken to your wife about this? Have you said, God, I'd love it if we could, we could hold hands or, you know, and they go, Oh no, 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 I can't talk about that. And I go, well, there's your problem, buddy. Like, you know, and I, yeah, I'm not in their relationship. I can't fix it for them, but I just go, oh, I mean, maybe if you had a discussion, it yeah. it might help. But as, particularly with older couples, I think yeah. they, they've they never spoken about it and they can't suddenly speak about it. And then they think it'll be suspicious if they do start speaking about it. She'll go, oh, where have you been getting these ideas from or whatever? And it's just this it's whole very thing. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and this is a societal thing, like you said, that we've been set up to fail, particularly in monogamy, but more sp- broadly in sexuality that people are taught that talking about sex is shameful and that having these open discussions is something that really naughty or Mm. kinky people do Mm. rather than being able to be best friends and having open discussions about uh, your needs in a relationship and and, uh, sexual needs or physical needs without necessarily having to have any specific path or sexual kink or it's just two people communicating I think that is, yeah, we're really lacking that in sex, well, not sex education, but in sex, sex culture mm. and the mm. way that we all treat sex. So something I used to struggle with was I would say just leave. Why, if it's not working, just leave. And that was always for me, again, I wouldn't want to judge people, but I would just think, why don't you just not be in this relationship? If it's not working, what are you doing? And I think that's something as I've grown, as I've had a lot of these conversations with people. And I think that I'm assuming a lot of sex workers have these conversations, but maybe particularly because I'm married and I speak so openly about my relationships. um, I attract a lot of clients who specifically come to me and want to talk about that sort of stuff. The more I've gotten to know people who are feeling like they're in this situation, the more I've realized how complicated it is and how saying just leave is actually I used to think that and now I think that was actually really naive of me because once there's kids involved, once there's shared finances involved, once there's everything, like it just, it it does become difficult. And I, I think the amount of men, again, just talking about men, because I think I've never had a solo woman come to me who's, uh, who's even been um, bi or pan. I've only ever had gay female clients. And I've never had one that was in a relationship. And that's not to say that women no, don't uh, cheat. And it's not to say that women don't cheat with sex workers. But yeah. I've not had that experience. But there are so many men who say, I'm just waiting until the kids are whatever age. They've got a set age that they think, okay, they'll probably be able to handle their lives being shattered at that point or whatever. And you may disagree with that. And you may say it's better, you know, whatever. You, you may think whatever, but... I can tell you that this perception from the outside of going, oh, he or she, they're just throwing their family away and they're off cheating with no regard for it. As I said, I've met those two people who have felt that way about and every other person has really thought about it, has massively beaten themselves up about it and has a plan or has a timeline. The other one I hear a lot is she wouldn't survive financially if I left. Oh, wow, I haven't heard that, yeah. And I think that's, oh, that's a, you know, that's rough. (laughs) Mm. But there's a lot of, and again, I know that there are people listening to this being like, Jenna, you're just hearing his side of the story. And it's not, I'm not siding, like I'm not taking any sides. 
But what I, the message I'd like to get out there is that these people are not maybe being as callous as it may look from the outside. Yeah. Like they are genuinely trying to do the best thing that they can do. And we can all disagree with that as much as we want. But the reality is that they're not, they're trying not to hurt people. I think a lot of people, when you say, you know, we'll just end it, just leave. Mm. I think a lot of people, they don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater sort of thing. They, yeah. they, the relationship that they have is beautiful. They yeah. love this person. They've committed to them for their life for a reason. This is somebody that lights up their world in a million ways and that they want to spend the rest of their life with. There's just one component that's missing and it's, an important enough component that they feel that they need to get that satisfaction elsewhere or get that need filled elsewhere, but they still love this partner. There might be communication issues and there might be trust issues and things like that, but fundamentally this is the person that they've committed yeah. to and that they adore. So to say, we'll just split up with them, it's not that easy. They they still want this person. It's not like they've decided mm. they don't want them anymore. It's mm. Yeah, often they, they really love someone and this, yeah, it's just not that simple. Mm. There's so much shame around it. And it's not that I think that there shouldn't be shame around cheating because obviously I don't think it's the right thing to betray somebody and to hurt somebody that way. But I think for me the issue is that there's shame around a monogamous relationship, quote unquote, failing. Like that's where I've got a problem because yeah. I think that there's this sense of I shouldn't be wanting anyone else. And like, sorry to break it to you, babe, but we're animals. I mean, and again, that you know, I, this is not supposed to be an argument for, for or against cheese. monogamy. <laughs> no, well, for you know, I mean, yeah, I've yeah. got my own opinions on that, but but you know, it, it's just it's kind of, it's really absurd to me that there's this idea that we you know, after thirty years with one person who you met when you were a fucking teenager half the time, that you're supposed to still never want to look at anyone else like that's crazy that doesn't make any sense but if anyway even if it does what if that person then has a physical issue or a mental health issue or whatever and they no longer you know want to be intimate with you are you still supposed to only want to be with them because i just think that's shit anyway the reason um the reason i've heard a lot and I'm sure people, well, we can talk about this. I, I have, I agree and disagree with it. But one of the big reasons why, again, men in our case cheat with sex workers is because they've made the choice to see a sex worker rather than having a hookup with somebody at work or meeting somebody on a dating app and getting strings attached and getting families ruined. I hear that all the time. Do you hear the same? Yeah, I do hear that. And I, I really strongly agree with it because when I was being cheated on in, in the most humiliating of the cheatings that I've had in my life <laughs> <laughs> and in the most painful one, the, the pain wasn't that he was with somebody else. The pain was that he was gallivanting around town with somebody making a mockery of me and that people were looking at me like a fool. And that mm. was really painful that somebody who was meant to be my best friend and my teammate in life and we mm. were us against the world together, he was sort of making a dick of me and that didn't obviously didn't respect me. That's what I was reading was that you didn't respect me enough to at least not show off that you were yeah. fucking everyone else. Like that, that just hurtful. feels, it's really hurtful. The The fundamental idea of you touching your genitals to somebody else's, I, I don't really care. I mean, I'm not saying run around and do it, but you know, that's not what, what's crushing me. The crushing thing was that when I found out it was people would come to me and go, Oh no, you're the girlfriend. Oh, you know? And, oh, and then, and yeah. I'd know they had stories and it was, mm. it's just humiliating. So sorry, I had to no, tell no. my life story there, but uh, yeah, so I, I sort of, I get that is that if you are going to cheat 
And if you do it with somebody where the parameters are really clearly defined and there is no tangled up emotions and, mm-hmm. and um, you can still have emotion, you can still be excited and affectionate and whatever, but there's no uh, crossing of boundaries and um, things are really delineated. Is that the right word? I think, yeah. yeah. Things are clearly delineated into this is our time together, this is where it ends, and then I'm back to my own yeah. life. Um, and there's I, not another family involved too. Yeah, exactly. that's the other thing with, with dating someone from work or whatever. Exactly. Then yeah. you've got two families, yeah. you know. And so that's, I feel like, yeah, if you're going to pursue a physical or emotional validation and intimacy from somebody else, if you're doing it in a way that's really clear and, um, yeah, not, not humiliating or at least very private, then, and, and I guess safer in a way in that it doesn't, uh, you're not risking as much, uh, heartache. Mm-hmm. Look, there's always a chance. There's always a chance that people fall in love. And oh, yeah. Things, but uh, it just feels a less less fraught. And so I, I agree with it. I get why people would say that that's why they do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with the logic. Yeah. I think the only thing that we have to acknowledge is that there's then a financial betrayal. I don't feel like that's as, uh, to me, and that's just my perspective. So mm. I, I, I'm sure a lot of people would find that really painful. For me, I, I sort of feel like your partner, my partner would do I don't, I'm not the sort of person who would have a shared bank account. Yeah, or, same. You know, yeah. So, so to me, that wouldn't be a very real – I'd go, well, that's your fucking money. I don't really care. Like you waste it on whatever you want, you goose. But, uh, yeah, there, I suppose there are a lot of people out there where, yeah, that, that mm. might be I can just really imagine, yeah. you know, if you guys are trying to pay off your mortgage together, you're trying to, you know, buy nice things for the kids, and then you find out the thousands of dollars every month mm. – you know, I, I can. I think that that's a yeah, component that's, right. that's worth considering. Uh, you're very right, actually. When you put it like that, yeah, I would probably be like, Jesus, like, thanks. Yeah. Well, you couldn't bring me home a gift and a, you know, well, just dropping yeah. all this cash on someone. Yeah, it would. Know, I think that would spend yeah. the money on therapy so we can work our shit. Well, out. oh, are we going to alienate I mean, our clients potentially? Potentially. Well, it's worth trying at least. <laughs> it is. It's worth. You know, no, I, I have yeah. lost a few clients because I've told them to work on their relationships. Yeah. And they've got, they've written back to me and been like, I did. you were amazing. And, uh, and like, you've, you've, you've helped me see that I really need to work on things. Yeah. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Guess you're not going to give me an extra tip for that. I'll never <laughs> see you again. Excellent. <laughs> I think that's really nice. And I say to all of my clients, I think that, did I say before, I think I was going to say and forgot, but I think there's a perspective that we're going to sit there and go, Oh yeah, your wife's such a bitch. And oh yeah. And because oh, we, yeah. our yeah. interest is in making as much money for ourselves mm. or whatever. But I, I think most workers that I know of just yeah. what we just want our clients to be happy. We're yeah. human beings who want to see people get on and have a nice life. And sure. It's nice if you take care of us financially, yeah. but also, yeah, we want people to be happy. And I want my clients to say that, wow, things have been so much better with my wife or we had this chat and I feel a little bit, you know, or just when they never see me again, that's, that's also really nice. So mm. don't not come back married clients who are listening. <laughs> Please. I really enjoy your support and I, I sure I enjoy you, but I, I want to just make it really clear that it is, um, I know it's really nice when people do go and work on their on their shit, but it's yeah. also not that easy. It's not as easy as no, go work on it, not. it's fixed. Otherwise, if we could solve all our mental health issues and interpersonal issues with just go fix it. it well, I know great. I've also ruined a few clients' relationships. Ooh. Not intentionally at all, okay. but I've had three clients I can think of who were really inspired by my approach to relationships and communication and honesty <sighs> And who went and told their partners, you know, that they had been seeing sex workers and blah, blah, blah. And fuck me, do I admire them for that? And, you know, I am like, that is beautiful that you got that from me. 
But then they were on the street um, and living in hotel rooms oh. and things were really bad. One of them was, was yeah, li- living in, in, a, in a motel for oh. a long time. God. And, you know, was like, I, I'm not, I won't be seeing you again, but communicated some of this to me and said, I need to fix this. And, you know, cool, good on you. I've not heard of, from him in years. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, people tend to get inspired by, by me and then go and, you know, nuclear <laughs> bomb their families. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe don't take my, my approach to life. It's, <laughs> it works for me. Maybe it doesn't yeah. for everyone. Yeah. I have been single for a very, very, very long time. So, also, don't, <laughs> you know, my relationship insight is probably not concrete. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got no training. So. But then you've had more relationships than I have. Yeah, but, so. but very messy. <laughs> I've learned a lot through the yeah, power of, that's, of pain. Yeah. Well, that's, I've had really <laughs> healthy, <ones>. really healthy <laughs> relationships, which means I maybe am not an expert on the subject because I can't talk that much about it, you know? <laughs> anyway, what's our too long didn't listen? It's that... <sighs> Why do people cheat? <sighs> a million reasons. Yeah. And, and a lot of them are actually really valid. Again, we're not uh, no. saying it's okay, but there's so much complexity. And... W- one thing we didn't bring up and we, you just really did quickly touch on it. I just want to reiterate this is that there are often health issues. A lot of my clients uh, have, have wives who are very, very ill and you might go, Oh, well, that's even less reason to cheat, mm. but shit, you don't know until your partner is, and I'm going to go very, very dark here, but until your partner is terminally ill in hospital, you, you can't ask him for sex. You can't, oh, no. you're, you're, you suffer with a lot of strain and depression yourself and emotional turbulence because of, losing someone that you absolutely love and all you want is to hold someone for an hour or two and forget that shit you just don't know you can sit there all you like and go oh well they're dying that's what you you just don't know yeah um there are people with really severe mental illnesses that means that they can't have sex or that they're not in a position to even think about sex right now they're just trying to get their brain straight get out of bed every day and the last thing they need is somebody poking them with their dick in the middle of the night saying come on babe yeah um, yeah there are so many situations why someone would cheat and do not making excuses for it, but it's just not so simple. So why do people cheat a million reasons? And it's not so simple. It's not just, and there's, none of them are straightforward. They're not straightforward. Yeah. It's not just, there's a hot bitch. I want to, I want to, I want to fuck her. It's not just <laughs> that woman is there and I want it. There are so many psychological things that drive people to, to not be honest with their partners because a lot of it's because they don't want to hurt them. Um, and it's a warped way of not wanting to hurt someone, mm, but that's yeah. where it comes from yep. psychologically. Yep. Um, and why do people cheat with sex workers? Because they feel it's often less complicated. Yeah. I think yeah. The- no, I, I think that's a really great point. Yeah. We should wrap this up, but just <laughs> the, um, the, they so often are trying not to hurt their partners. Yeah. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but they will say like, Oh, you know, if I left her, she would, she yeah. would, she wouldn't cope. And I go, what do you think she's good? How do you think she'll feel if she walked in this door right now, babe? Like, and they know that they're not idiots. They know that, but they really are trying to do what they think is, um, you know, the, the best. And sure. I think we can all easily agree. It's probably not the best, but. But that's all any of us What are is the best? Do. Well, and yeah. I don't think monogamy has the answer for what the best is. That's my problem. Maybe. If everything's working fine, cool, no worries. No, I, it's all good. I think there is a lot but, of room for monogamy. I think it's just monogamy with a, a really open approach to communication. So it doesn't have to be uh, an open sexually or, no, or, or you yeah. know, but just being able to say to each other, this is where I'm at and I recognize that you're not in a position to facilitate mm. this right now. I'm feeling a need to be touched and, mm. and I want us to discuss how we can make yeah. this. If that but then a, isn't, doesn't that then verge into not being monogamy? I suppose maybe, maybe, maybe it does. 
Like, where does that conversation you're right. go? You're right. You're right. I if not, like. But I suppose I'd call it monogamy with. Well, it's ethical non-monogamy. That's what it is. Yeah. That's an open relationship. Monog- monogamy with terms and conditions. With yeah, but that's what most. Ca- that's what the majority of open relationships I are. I suppose it is. That's exactly what they are. Yeah. On that note. <laughs> there's Let's our thoughts. On. There's our thoughts. So take. So from cancel that us. What you will. Do you miss the free and affordable ads and social networks without all of the anti-sex rhetoric? Assembly 4 is a team of sex workers and technologists from Melbourne, Australia, aiming to bring back free and fair advertising and social spaces to the sex working community. Stepping away from the clunky design of traditional platforms, their two products, Trist.link and Switter.at, are refreshing and well-needed changes in both presentation and mission. And both are free to join and open to all. You can find both of our profiles on Trist, and I love how it is so clearly designed by sex workers. Yep, and I love how straightforward and easy it is to use and how much they clearly support the sex working community. And also how responsive they are when it comes to feedback and customer service. Check out their website, assembly4.com, for the word, not the number, for more info. misconception this week leads directly on from the main segment check us out being thematic go team and it is that overwhelmingly my clients are mostly all men who are cheating on their wives mm-hmm. okay that's i feel like i hear that a lot like a lot of people i speak to just assume that all my clients are married men who are cheating yeah yeah i oh. do i do think that that's the assumption that people make i would say that yeah that most of my clients are are cheating that they are married and that they are cheating on their partners. Yeah, that's that's not the case for me. And I do think an element of it could be where I live and work. And if I think about it, I would say more of the clients that I have who are married and cheating, I see when I'm on tour, oh. when I'm staying in cities. Where I live, most of my clients travel at least an hour to see me, so I think it's possible that I'm not seeing you know, I'm not seeing people who can only sneak away for a brief yeah, period. The people who come to see me usually take the day off work mm-hmm. and come at, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole experience. So maybe that's, maybe I've got a really skewed perspective because of that. But I would say at least 50% of my clients are single and that kind of breaks. There's a few, I've, I've put myself a little list here. Out of those who are single, there are the people who have never been in a relationship but who who really want to. There's the people who have never been in a relationship and don't want to be or who have in the past but have decided that relationships aren't for them. They may be aromantic or they may just not be interested in a relationship. And there's the people who have lost a, a long-term love either th- you know, through through death or divorce or whatever, and they don't feel ready or equipped to date again and don't know if they ever will feel ready or equipped to date again. And I, I see a lot of clients, I see a lot of clients who are virgins um, before they meet me. And then obviously, usually after they <laughs> meet me, they're no longer virgins, but they're still obviously kind of at the beginning of their, their sexual life. And I think actually maybe another component of it is that because I do some media appearances and stuff, I'm quite accessible to people who are sort of newer to the industry and stuff. So I think those are factors. The other thing to consider is that out of those clients who are in relationships, increasingly, and I love this, I'm seeing more and more situations where their partner 
either knows exactly what they're doing. I've had situations where their partner has helped them select who they're going to see or has helped them with the booking process or whatever. And I'm one of those partners. (laughs) And I think that's really wonderful. And along that vein, I've also had plenty who have bought their partners with them. And that obviously is a very cool, very much my jam. And there's also a lot, and I I don't love this as much personally. It's not the way I, I like to run relationships, but similar to Steve, who we had on last week, where their partner knows that they are seeking intimacy in some form somewhere outside of the relationship, but they don't want to know any details. So they don't know that it is a sex worker or, or whatever it is that's happening. I, I know a, quite a, I have quite a few regulars who, who have rules set up. And, uh, you know, again, I, I don't love the idea of rules in relationships. It's not, it's not my style of doing things. But a lot of people do like them and a lot of people find them, you know, really kind of essential. And there are rules, like I have a client whose wife, you know, is completely fine with him seeing sex workers, but the rules are that he cannot see anybody that lives locally. So he can only see people who come to tour or when he goes away on a business trip or whatever. And for her, that's that boundary of, I don't want it being someone we're going to run into at the shops. I don't want it being developing a thing where you can see them every week or, you know, all that sort of stuff. I've met people who the rule is they can only see each worker once so that they can't develop. And, you know, people have rules and I just, I just want to share that because I I don't think people realize how much non-monogamy goes on in very uh, textbook from the outside monogamous looking relationships because there's actually a fuck ton of it going on. And when I say non-monogamy, I'm talking about ethical non-monogamy that that everyone is aware of. And then the last category is people who are in relationships and are cheating. And I'll never deny that they are a chunk of, of of my clientele, but I just think people really don't seem to think that single people see sex workers and they do. They really, and, and I think my biggest spenders tend to be single people, which, which makes sense. The people who book overnights and the people who come and spend a full day with me and stuff generally tend to be single because that's more difficult to do generally. I think when you're in a monogamous relationship that you're not supposed to be sleeping with anyone else, not always sure, but generally my bigger clients are the single ones, but yeah, that's my experience. And yours is a bit different. Yeah. My experience is that I feel like a large number of my clients are married. Like you said, I think they may, that may be a geographic element to that. I'm in a position where a lot of clients, particularly on the way home can pop in and see me and, you know, be a little bit late for work or uh, do a lunch break to come and see me. And that's usually when my bookings are most of my bookings Mm. fall between uh, 1pm and about 6pm. That's when I do most of my work. So yeah, most of my clients are, are married and cheating. That's, I don't really have like your biggest spending client, isn't it? My, I'd say my biggest spending clients are probably not because like you said, they can spend more time with me when, when they're not married, they can get away with a whole afternoon or a whole day or oh, whatever. Sorry. I thought you were disagreeing with me when I said that. No, That's no, all. Right. no, no. I was just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I was for a second, but then I thought about it and I thought, no, you're right. Um, but probably cumulatively over the whole year, um, the clients that are married come and see me say once a week or once a fortnight. And then that adds up pretty quickly and ends up being, you know, my highest sort of paying clients. I'd say probably what of my top like 10 clients, I'd say probably about seven of them are Oh, right. I'm going to have a look. Let me have a look at mine. I don't know specifically, but I'm, I need a, to find out right now. A really rough estimate. <laughs> yeah. well, let's go have a quick little looky-loo. Okay. Of my top 10. Um, so this is the people who spent the most amount of money on me in a year. And yes, these are things that I put in my little spreadsheets. Eight of them are single. Wow. 
One of them is in a relationship and his partner knows that he seeks intimacy elsewhere and one of them is cheating. So anyway, I just want to make it clear that we also see a lot of single people and we also see a lot of people who are in relationships and that doesn't necessarily mean that they are cheating. I just have a quick little awesome shit people say this week. One of my clients who is a listener of the podcast, and actually he gave us a a good a conundrum that we're going to talk about in one of our bonus episodes. But before that, um, so he was telling me a little story, and this was just after we'd recorded our last awesome shit people say. So he didn't even know this was a segment yet. And he was just telling me the story about how he went into like his local bar and one of the women who works behind the bar, he vaguely kind of know, like he's a bit of a regular, I guess. He's, I'm probably telling the story completely wrong, but anyway, he sort of was comfortable with her, I guess. And there was another staff member there that he didn't know. And he overheard that they were talking about sex workers and they were using the P word. And he said he wouldn't have done it if he didn't already have like a comfortability with one of the people. But he said, oh, I think the preferred term is sex worker. And I was like, fuck yeah, go you, love that. And he said, apparently they were really, they received it quite well. And they said, oh, is that, oh, okay. Is, is the P word a slur, you know? And he said, yeah. And you know, maybe stop using it. And then one of them said, oh, would ladies of the night be a better term? <laughs> And he said, um, I mean, marginally. And I just thought that was the perfect response because yeah, I, you know, if I had to choose between being called the P word by a civilian or being called a lady of the night, I think that lady of the night is marginally better, but I just like, I am not a lady. Absolutely. am not a lady. And I work during the day and I just don't, I do not connect with that at all. And I, I think it's weird. I don't know what we are of the night. I'm just, I'm not into it, but it is a, it's a little step up, but I think he was like marginally, but maybe just stick with sex worker and that's all. So thanks to you. Love you for speaking up. And I just thought that was an amusing little story. So that's that. Wow. Well, what was that? Episode 40. Yeah. Wow. I think, does that mean it's the end of the season? It does mean it's the end of the season, Holly Hart. Oh, gosh. Gosh, Jenna Love, we made it. Two seasons. Yeah. I yeah. thought this was going to be a once a fortnight. You did. I did. Ten seasons, ten episodes a year, really chill geek. But we've, uh, we're, we're here now. Yep. And uh, Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's great. Thanks so much for joining us along for yeah. this many episodes, guys. And um, hopefully there are plenty more. Uh, We're going to take a bit of a break now. We really, I need a break. We need it. Absolutely. But next season we have a new, what are they called? It's not a new segment, a new style of episode coming. Mm. Should we tell them what it's going to be? Tell them. Okay. We will be introducing a new new style of episode called Turned On, where we watch representations of sex work in media. Watch or listen or, or read or whatever. And we tell you what we think about it. Yeah, it's going to pick it apart. Yeah, yeah. we just talk shit about it, basically. You guys um, seem to really enjoy us talking shit. So that's, yeah, it's gotten us this far. Keep going. Yep. Um, and we will have more guests on, of course. We've got a couple of people in the works. Um, and there'll just be more of us talking. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, we're going to take a bit of a break. And we will see you, hear you. You'll hear us when we come Sometime back. next year. Yeah. No. Oh, God. No. Oh, dear. Settle down. <laughs> We would love to thank our patrons for supporting us every month. It may only be a little bit. It may be a lot. Whatever you're contributing, we're super grateful for. We hope you enjoy the behind the scenes content, all of our shenanigans. Just a reminder, if you uh, haven't subscribed and you want some more entertainment in the break, 
definitely you can join up and, and check out all of the all definitely of our, you can you can check out our antics <laughs> and uh, that should keep you occupied for at least yeah. a few days yeah uh, but we're really grateful it does help us cover the costs of uh doing this show and also just puts a little bit of money in our bank accounts to help us um you know compensate for the time that's involved and i don't put that much into it but uh <laughs> jenna and her husband put a lot of time into it so yeah what, you, what you're doing is uh is really helpful helps us also right, pay, what are their names pay our guests what are their names and um, raise up the voices of sex workers yeah. so that's really oh i'm gonna kiss you okay <laughs> okay so oh mr love isn't gonna want big, he won't know what to do with this episode big thanks to our patrons we would like to thank our amazing new giving somebody audrey our new very generous somebody kayla our even more generous somebodies timmy andrew adam smith james e lachlan sub london miss billy Nora Knightley, Leslie, Scott Watson, Andrew, our secret admirer, Wheezy, Ellen, Liam, Fritzia Tits, Mr. E, Scott C, Simon, Skippy, our footstool, Greenie, Ophelia Parker, Aaron, Cobber, and Nomad, and our extremely generous somebodies are Aaron, Andrew, Pete, Sienna Saint, Brino, Adam Moore, Wombat, and B&J. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next season. Please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod, as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month, and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers, and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember... Somebody you love might just be a sex worker.